0: I literally got a nasty email one day from uh, somebody at work, and I read it, and I was like, I know he's not talking to me like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And literally, my actual series of events was I read this email where this guy's like talking out his neck, closed it, opened up my bank account, looked at the money in there, did like a quick little calculation how long can I live off of this and I was like I bet this is SU money like no and that exact moment was when I decided that I was quitting my job literally literally off of an email I didn't. I, and I didn't fight back I didn't yell I didn't feel bad i nothing I was just like yo I'm out I'm yeah. out I'm not even I'm not even going to a place else like I'm just not staying here
1: I literally, it wasn't an email for me, but it was a Zoom meeting and I literally checked my bank account, did a quick, same thing, quick calculation. I was like, I don't need to be talked to like this. That's it. It's a shift of like operating from a place of desperation to operating from a place of control. (laughs) Dímelo, dímelo, what is good, mi gente? Welcome to another episode of the Quien Tu Eres podcast brought to you by Plural. You already know it's your boy Pavel, and we got the homie.
0: Hello, hello, Samara Shepi Man.
1: And this week we are talking about financial literacy because if you didn't know, now you know. April is a financial literacy month. But let's start off with what the hell does that even mean?
0: So financial literacy, according to Investopia... Financial literacy is the ability to understand and effectively use various financial skills, including personal finance management, budgeting, and investing. Long story short, it literally just is how educated you are when it comes to your relationship with money. Plain and simple.
1: When did you start feeling educated with money?
0: So i thought I was educated with money pretty much my whole life um, because I was a really good saver. Me too. Like, I I knew how to save money. And so because I knew how to save money, I felt like I was really good with money.
1: How but... did you save money? Because I, I, when people say, like you say you're really good at saving money, like, and I look at saving money, it feels so fucking easy to me. It's like, literally, just save money. (laughs) Like, like,
0: just put put it on the thing. Do not spend money. I'm really good at not spending money. Yeah.
1: I think that's the important thing is, like, to save money, you got to learn how to not spend it. And I don't know about you, but the way that I, like, became really good at spending money is that I had to get comfortable with, like, myself and tell myself to, like, stop spending money on dumb shit like when i tell you i was yo i had so many fake gucci and prada shoes growing up (laughs) meanwhile i was taking the bus like it just the math wasn't mapping like why was i doing that
0: nah for the clout
1: for the women let's be real
0: i mean you know it's that's what it usually comes down to the thing is also i didn't have a lot of money so i was very conscious about Saving the little bit of money. And so for me, it was like, all right, like, where can I cut costs? Where can I, you know, not spend on this and that? I've never, I've never like been into name brands or labels or oh. things like that. And like, not even enough to get the fake shit. Like, at most, maybe like a Michael Kors bag or something. But really. Yeah. I was never into it. And oh,
1: like, I had, I had, yeah, the, wow. I had the seven jeans. I had the true religions. I had the lacoste. I had the polo. All of that shit was fake. Mm. Uh, back in the day when the baggy jeans area, I had the fake uh, retro basketball jerseys down to my kneecaps. <laughs> you know, I was, and I was broke, but like, yeah. I would rather, I remember going in high school and like, people would have like full on sandwiches and shit like that. Like I would be comfortable having the flash shit and eating like a chocolate chip cookie and French fries for lunch.
0: I mean that sounds was... like a good lunch. I'm not gonna oh, <laughs> I'm Where's
1: the protein? Where's the vitamins?
0: <laughs> right. uh, chocolate is like an antioxidant, I think.
1: That's crazy. <laughs> you you're the one you're the one that, that would drink some wine and be like, oh but it's a, it, it might as well be a smoothie. It's nothing but grapes. <laughs>
0: It's just a liquid salad.
1: Yeah, that's you.
0: <laughs> nah, I, I mean I think I did go through an era where I had like a couple like JLo Lo and baby fat items. But... Oh, the baby fat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it just like very much was a hand-me-down kind of gal, like second hand. Really didn't spend money on that, and I knew how to just put money away and you know, like friends would go out and do all the shopping. I was never a shop. I'm still to this day, like not a big shopper. Um, But budgeting, which is essentially saving money, that's only like one small sliver of what it means to be financially literate, because it's not only about like having resources, it's really identifying money as a tool and a resource to be leveraged. And if you're saving, all you're doing is putting the tool in the shed, but not ever building anything.
1: I'm following the analogy, okay.
0: Thank you, thank you.
1: And you gotta know what you wanna build as well.
0: Right, because you need different tools. So I started on my financial literacy journey in 2019. So not that long ago at all. And the catalyst for it was because I um, was getting a divorce and there was no more like our money situation. It was just my money situation. And it then was like, you know, when you're when you're coupled and, you know, when you're in a partnership like that, the other person you know, becomes a bit of a safety net, right? So when we were married, um, I, uh, left the workforce for about a year. Um, well, you know, in a, in a way, um, to go back to school. And so he was the one that was, you know, making the money. I was working at a restaurant nights and weekends, but like, that was my safety net. So now I'm a single woman and. I am my own safety net. So I'm like, I got to figure out how to do this and like really make sense of it. So 2019 was when I really started my like actual financial nursing journey. Do you remember when it was for you? Uh,
1: I mean, I think one big step towards that journey was having an end goal for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Like you could have a savings account, but like, What are you saving money for? Like, and it it was a switch for me from like having a savings account just to spend it on the lacoste and all this other shit to having a savings account because I wanted to buy my apartment. Mm -hmm. Um, like that was like a goal for me where it's just like not a savings account to have a savings account. It's like creating a budget to see how much I'm earning, how much I can put in the savings account. And like, how long do I need to do this? How long do I need to sacrifice mm-hmm. in order to get to that goal? Yeah. I think that was the start of it. So when you said budget, like my ears perked up, because I also talked to my friends and they kind of just do it all in their head. Like they don't have, like, I know where every fucking dollar was going to go when mm-hmm. I was getting a paycheck, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, and and eventually I got to that. I, I feel like a lot of people like miss that, that goal as well. Like what they're sort of like building towards.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's like anything in life. Why are you doing what you're doing? What is the end goal? And um, yeah, similarly, when in 2019, my goal was to buy my own place because we had a condo together. We're like, well, I need my own spot. And like renting was not, that's not what I I, like. I I was a homeowner. Why am I going to not be a homeowner now? So figuring out, okay, like, how do I do this on my own was the big push for me. And I really, like, started reading and listening to podcasts. Um, shout out to Her at Your Leisure. Really kicked it all off. And I got super immersed. I became a member in, like, their group. And it was all about all types of strategies, if you would on how to deploy your money, which is how to invest it. So for me, real estate was the number one goal, but there are so many other vehicles. The second thing was the stock market and investing in stocks. And I learned about that because to me, prior to that, I looked at it as gambling. Yeah. Because nobody that I knew, nobody in my family, right? Like, My parents came here and their, their job, their mission was just get a good job, you know, a good job for them and, and be able to have a place to live, but they have no idea how the stock market works, how, you know, any of that, they, they didn't have the kind of jobs that had retirement funds or, or pension plans. So, um, I never had that vocabulary, even like 401k. It's embarrassing, but like I had access to start building a 401k by the time I was twenty one. I worked at a hospital and they had a matching program that I didn't I didn't know what that meant. And so I was like, oh, they're taking money from my paycheck. Nah, like they're good.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. I look back what? now and I'm like, girl. <laughs> ah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, that, that's interesting to think about from, like, exposure to, like, terms. I actually think I heard about, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like I've heard about a lot of these terms, like, really early on. Mm. Um, My mom, in fact, she's, you know, she's obsessed with money, and I think that's where I get it from. Always talking about it, and mostly talking about it from, like, not, eh, I want to call them, like, get-rich-quick schemes, Mm. but she's often talking about investing. In fact, like, within my family, there's always this idea, and I think this happens with a lot of immigrants, of, like, buying property, but not in the U.S., back in their homeland. Mm. So, like, my grandfather had a property in DR. My mom had a property in DR. I feel like, actually, my dad, not that I'm that close with him, but he owned a multifamily in the Bronx. So I feel like I I, I often heard about owning real estate, but Mm -hmm. my dad was actually the only example that I had of owning real estate in the States and in New York. Mm. So I feel like I had the idea ingrained in me of like always own property, or like eventually that's just like the thing to do. And even the 401k, like I had a 401k first job out of college type of shit. But I think the biggest thing for me was that savings account though. And I think it's a step that, like my mom, she thinks about all these get-rich-quick schemes. She wants to, like, she wants to invest in stocks. She wants to, like, do all these sort of things. But, and I think we often think about, like, the flashy, I don't know if flashy is the right word, but we think about how to get rich, like, now. But my mom doesn't do the simple thing, like, just have a budget. Like she gets she was getting a consistent paycheck, but never thought about like like where every single dollar is going. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So my stepdad, I would say, is in a similar vein in terms of like get rich quick schemes. Um, He managed all of the finances for um, the family and the household. Uh, Even when my mom was working, like she had her own salon and stuff. She took care of, you know, the bookkeeping for that. But he. He was the one who paid all the bills, he was the one who, um, you know, had the bank accounts and and just did everything. And at the same time, he also was looking for those get-rich-quick schemes. And so many times, right, like he'd like say this or that and like, you know, the family's gotten back a few times on some, you know, unfortunate uh, circumstances where people took advantage of us and so um i felt because when i was married i was that person who took care of all the bills and did all the budgeting and i was like yeah like i can do it but again putting money in savings is only one part of it budgeting is only one part of it like i needed and wanted to learn how to actually make my money grow and invest it and real estate was that first step and Um, We had bought the condo together previously, but in 2020 was when I bought my first investment property, which was a multifamily property. And that has like completely changed the game for me and for my family, honestly, because... In,
1: In what way has it changed the game?
0: Because now I am able to look at it as an investment, meaning if I put a dollar down, how much am I gonna get back without doing work? Right. It's it's no longer active, you know, earned income. It's passive income. And I was able to buy this multifamily unit, move in, and have my tenants cover all the expenses and then some, which is called cash flow. So I was making money. Like i was getting paid to live in my own house
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's because of that that once i decided to leave connecticut and move to miami i put new tenants in my old apartment and those tenants pay my rent essentially here in miami so it's allowed me to just have a different life and because i was able to do that the impact that i had so my family was now they see it and now, you know, they can turn to me for that advice. And so my little brother said to me, I want to do what you did. And I want to, you know, be able to, to save and buy multifamily. And literally this past week, he hits me up. He's like, Hey, you know, I just hit a milestone on my savings and like this much saved. I was like, oh "My God, that's amazing. And like, I think too, how long it took me. To get yeah. that much stacked right and like it just it shortened the roughly for him which is really amazing to be able to do because now he has questions and he's wondering about this and that and you know he'll ask me and a lot of the times I can tell him and a lot of times too I make him work for like oh go look at this yeah. go read this like do your own research little man
1: <laughs> yeah yo I'm not gonna lie buying a place Me buying my place, although it's not generating cash flow, it does have many benefits for you know, I haven't done any work to it and it's already increasing value just over time. The rent fluctuates, I have zero anxiety from that shit because my shit don't change. Yeah. Like I pay the same thing every single time. And the tax benefits that I get from this shit literally saves me every fucking year. Mm-hmm. I I have yet to ever owe the government money. And I'm not saying this the only reason for it is like me having this property, but it's a big reason for that. The next step that I want to do in this journey is I mean, I've always wanted to own a multifamily house for that same reason. Mm-hmm. For to live on the property and, you know, being able to generate cash flow and it not necessarily be a liability. Right. Because I'm not necessarily earning money from this, right? That's mm-hmm. where I think about it as an asset. It's like actually generating income. Like when I sell this place to use that money to then buy the multifamily is, is has always been my thought process. And now it's even easier because I don't have to go into the office.
0: Exactly. And what's even more um, appealing is there are additional tax benefits when you have a... Uh, investment property that is generating income. So it's like you have a whole different set of deductions and depreciation and all this, you know, stuff. And the other thing is also that you don't even have to sell that place to get a new one, because what you can do is keep it. And then do a cash out refi and pull out that equity that you've earned and that money because it's considered a loan is non-taxable. so you don't pay any taxes on that. and then what people do is you use that money to then invest and buy another property. and um I did something similar, but rather than use the money to buy another property, I use the money to help sustain my sabbatical or a longer period of time. So it's there's so many like layers and benefits to it and real estate again it is just one part of it and there's you know so many other ways and you can invest your money but um that's
1: a in- inter- that's an important part to dive into and highlight is the fact that you know we often talk about authenticity in the workplace and how challenging it can be I'm not saying you need money to be your most authentic self, but I will guarantee you that having it, what do they call you, the F you money? <laughs> having it will boost your confidence enough to be like, I'm going to be myself, and if they don't accept me, I can, I can take time off. I can but, work for myself. I can do whatever it is, right? I mean, I know what happened to me. Like, it's, it's what happened to you, too.
0: A hundred percent. I literally got... A nasty email one day from uh, somebody at work, and I read it, and I was like, "I oh, know he's not talking at me like that." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And literally, my actual series of events was: I read this email where this guy's like talking on his neck. Closed it, opened up my bank account, <laughs> looked at the money in there, did like a quick little calculation. How long can I live off of this? And I was like, I bet this is fu money. Like, nope. And that exact moment was when I decided that I was quitting my job, literally, literally off of an email. (laughs) I didn't, and I didn't fight back. I didn't yell. I didn't feel bad. I Nothing. I was just like, yo, I'm out. And no, I'm not even, I'm not even going to a place else. Like I'm just not staying here.
1: I literally, it wasn't an email for me, but it was a Zoom meeting and I literally checked my bank account, did a quick, same thing, quick calculation. I was like, I don't need to be talked to like this. That's it. That's it it's, it. it. it's a shift of like operating from a place of desperation to operating from a place of control. Like, yeah. listen, like money isn't everything, but it does help a lot of things. It provides, like for me... What I like, I just see money as freedom—freedom freedom to yeah. make decisions for myself versus mm-hmm. people having the ability to make decisions for me because I'm operating from a place of desperation.
0: A hundred percent, and it quickly becomes again a tool where you know you you don't have to do things that you don't want to, and it also puts you in a position where. You know, obviously, you can help people around you, but in, in so many other ways. And for sure, especially as, you know, like children of immigrant parents, there is that, like, I am my family's retirement plan. And there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. But financial literacy is the first step to financial freedom. Yeah. So you, you, you it's really hard to get that second spot without the first one. And it also becomes the thing that is what makes it possible for us to help our family.
1: As we wrap up though, like what's something that you would tell the audience about financial literacy, whether it's like a takeaway, a a lesson, like what's one thing you would want to tell them?
0: I would say get educated, put in the time, make the effort, there are so many resources out there um do your research also realize that not everybody is there are a lot of quote-unquote financial gurus out there so be mindful right if somebody's asking you for a whole lot of money to teach you or do something like google is free all right so (laughs) you know do 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 your own research and, and get started and even if it's you know Whatever amount it is, step one is start saving, but then step two is start investing. Whether you're, you know, putting it in the stock market, contributing more to your four hundred one k, or you know, setting money aside to buy a property, just get started is is what I would say. What's your piece of advice for Financial Literacy Month?
1: I would say live within your means. Yeah. Mm. Um, Like, listen, I know we all work hard. We all tell ourselves that we deserve the best. And we do, but that doesn't mean you need to buy the best right now. Do I want to drive a Mercedes? Do I want to get a Maybach or a McLaren, whatever the fuck? All of those, like, fancy cars. Meanwhile, I don't even like like cars. But I drive a Hyundai, (laughs) y'all. Like, I could afford all those things, but I don't. Like, I think so many of us buy things to impress people who we don't care about or don't even care about us Mm -hmm. we just we just don't have to i think there's a lot of money that we can save and put into investments that you just described that will generate the income to afford us all those luxuries but if we don't live within our means right now then we'll never get to that point
0: assets over liabilities